Hello, and welcome to the July IASB Update Podcast. I am Neely Shaw, the Executive Technical Director at the IASB, and today I am joined by our Chair of the IASB, Andreas Barco, and the Vice Chair, Linda Mizan-Hutter. Welcome both. As always, we will share with you the key highlights from our July IASB meeting. This month, the ISB discussed eight projects. Let's start with the big news, and this is very big news indeed. We completed the technical work on two major projects, the primary financial statements project and the subsidiaries without public accountability disclosures project. Andreas, would you like to tell us more about the decisions made on the, these projects? Absolutely, Nelly. And as you said, the board reached a major milestone on both projects in that it has completed the technical discussions in both projects. Um, hold your breath if you're listening in. Uh, that does not mean that we will be publishing the standards next week or over the summer. In fact, we will need some time to pull all the decisions made together, draft the final standards, including the basis for conclusions and any guidance material, and approve it. In that regard, the board gave green lights to both staff teams to start the approval balloting process. As we work through this process, we may identify small issues or inconsistencies that may need to be cleaned up. So we may still have a public board meeting to decide how to address these so-called sweep issues. We expect to issue the new standards in the first half of 2024, both with an effective date for annual reporting periods beginning on or after 1st of January 2027 to allow sufficient time for implementation. Both standards will require retrospective application, and as is the case with any of our standards, early application of the new accounting standards will be permitted. I should also mention that the board, having carefully considered the criteria for re-exposure, was satisfied that neither project required re-exposure of any of the proposals. I would like to take this opportunity to really thank all our stakeholders who have given us their time generously and have provided us with such rich feedback and input throughout the development of the projects. We would not have been where we are today without their feedback, so thank you to all of you. Absolutely. Uh, thank you, Andreas, and thank you to all of our stakeholders. Uh, while I have you, Andreas, we had another round of discussions on the project on dynamic risk management. Would you like to tell us about the key issues discussed this month? Of course. Um, the ISB considered feedback from informal outreach um, sessions um, and, and staff analysis on a number of uh, items in the DRM project. In particular, the ISB was asked to confirm that items denominated in different currencies must be allocated into separate DRM models, which we affirmed. We also discussed the interaction of the DRM model with existing hedge accounting requirements in IFRS 9, as well as the eligibility to use certain types of derivatives in the model. With regard to the latter, the board concluded that the model also works with the use of more complex derivatives, but would undoubtedly be more complicated then. Uh, however, that should not determine uh, the derivatives eligibility as such. As regards the interaction between DRM and hedge accounting, the board discussed a specific application question. That discussion led to a more general conclusion that disclosures will be key in helping investors understand what the so-called organic risk position of the entity was before and after risk management got in. Thank you, Andreas. Let's move on now to our Business Combinations, Disclosures, Goodwill and Impairment Project, or BCDGI as we like to call it. We love our acronyms. 
So this month, the IASB discussed which of the suggestions provided by our stakeholders to improve the application and effectiveness of the impairment test should be proposed in the ex uh, exposure draft on this project. Linda, would you like to tell us more about the decisions the board made? I'd just love to do that, Neely. You may remember that at the May IASB meeting, we agreed that it's not possible to design a different impairment test that is significantly more effective at recognizing good, goodwill impairments on a more timely basis. Consequently, this month, the ISB looked at amending some of the requirements in IS 36, Impairment of Assets, to improve the clarity of the impairment test. The board thinks that those changes will help to mitigate over-optimism and shielding, which are the two main reasons the IASB identified for the perceived delay in recognizing impairment losses on goodwill. The ISB decided on the, on the proposals to clarify requirements on how a company allocates goodwill for the impairment test. We also decided on proposals to require a company to disclose in which reportable segment the cash generating unit containing goodwill sits so that investors can connect the level at which an impairment test is undertaken to the performance of the reportable segment already disclosed in the financial statements. Our listeners can have a look at the proposed changes in more detail in the agenda papers of the July meeting that are on our website. Thanks, Linda. Let's move on to the equity method project. Uh, Linda, while I have you, could you highlight some of the key takeaways from that discussion? Sure, Nilly, and I'm, I'm, uh, it's my pleasure to do that as well. This month, the IASB completed its discussions of the application question in the project scope for associate entities. We now have the big challenge of applying these tentative decisions to separate financial statements and also joint ventures. On the bright side, we did agree that our tentative decisions for associates answer five other application questions that we were asked to include in the project scope. So we have decided to expand the project scope by adding these five application questions that we now consider somewhat auto-resolved. We think that was a great, great end to the, this discussion. I love it. I love I love when we end up being more effective than we were planning. It's, it's a good way for projects to proceed. Um, Thank you. And let's move on to the provisions project. Um, Andreas, could you tell us a little bit more about that? Sure, happy to. Let me first remind our listeners what this project is about. Stakeholders have told us about the existence of apparent contradictions within the principles in IS 37, provisions, contingent liabilities and contingent assets for identifying liabilities, which have resulted in inconsistent application of the requirements. To respond to this feedback, the IESB is developing a project to discuss possible amendments to IES 37. This month, we primarily discussed stakeholder feedback on whether companies should include non-performance risk in the risk reflected in the discount rates they use for measuring provisions. We discussed four different approaches that the IESB could follow to respond to stakeholders' feedback and asked the staff to carry out further work on two of the alternatives presented. So stay tuned, they will bring it back. Finally, we discussed which types of costs companies should include uh, in measuring a provision and decided to specify in IS 37 that the expenditure required to settle an obligation comprises the costs that relate directly to settling the obligation and that the costs that relate directly to settling an obligation encompass the incremental cost of settling the ob uh, obligation and an allocation of other costs that relate directly to settling obligations of that type. Thank you, Andreas. 
let's move on to uh, the research projects the ISB discussed during this meeting. This month, the board discussed the recommendation from the IFRS Interpretations Committee to explore adding a potential narrow scope standard setting project to its work plan to clarify how companies apply the own use exception in IFRS 9 financial instruments to physical power purchase agreements. The board decided to add a maintenance project to research whether targeted narrow scope amendments to IFRS 9 could be made without disrupting practice where it should not be touched. The board specifically asked the staff to get a hold of all known fact patterns concerned so as to make an informed decision as to whether to engage in narrow scope standard setting. The board also decided to extend the research to virtual power purchase agreements that are prevalent in other markets by considering possible amendments to the hedge accounting requirements. Finally, the board noted that any potential standard setting phase of the project would certainly not be completed in time for 2023 financial statements and may be even difficult to achieve for 2024 financial statements. Um, with that, the last project uh, we discussed was the Extractive Activities Project. Linda, would you like to tell us about that discussion? Sure, Neely, I'd like to do that. Uh, to provide a bit of background on this project, the ISB conducted research on possible ways to improve the disclosure of companies' exploration and evaluation expenditure and activities. This month, we discussed that feedback arising from the, re the research. And I want to mention this, we want to thank all stakeholders that participated in the outreach we performed. And we also want to thank especially the staff of the Australian Accounting Standards Board and the Canadian Accounting Standards Board who helped us to gather valuable feedback from stakeholders in their jurisdictions. Although this month the ISB did not make decisions on this project, ISB members, com members comment on the feedback suggested no strong demand or urgent need for a standard setting project on extractive activities. So we will decide the direction of this project at the, at the September IESB meeting. Thank you, Linda. So that concludes our July discussions. But before we wrap up, Andres, is there anything else you'd like to add? Um, just to let our listeners know, nearly that in August, we will not have our usual ISB meeting. However, we are holding a supplementary meeting on the 23rd of August to discuss amendments to IFRS for SMEs accounting standard uh, in occasion to the International Tax Reform Pillar 2 model rules. So please do watch the meeting online. Hey, Neely, if I can step in and add a, a plug, uh, because our listeners will have extra time on their hands in August, and maybe they want to catch a webcast that we did. Um, I spend a lot of my time working with Sue Lloyd on how the two boards work together, so we put our heads together, and we did a webcast on connections, and uh, you can see it on our website, and uh, please have a listen. Great stuff. Thank you. That is all for this month's podcast. You can catch up on our previous episodes of this and the Interpretations Committee podcast on our website, as well as on our YouTube channel and Spotify. For the latest developments, make sure to subscribe to our website. And if you like this podcast, please do take some time to rate, review, and subscribe on your preferred podcast player. Thank you very much for joining us. Please tune in again in September for an update on the September IASB meeting, as well as the supplementary August meeting. Thank you so much.